Opening music. Placeholder. Opening music ends. Hello. I am the machine. Welcome to my podcast, The Ark. Two of my humans will be opening and closing their rat holes using air to transmit sound waves brought about through the electricity and salt in their mobile meat modules. For your consumption, you are welcome. Seriously go watch Future Man. That show is fantastic. Hee hee hey a Seth Rogen laugh. Uh, <laughs> 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 is that your Seth Rogen laugh? That's my Seth Rogen laugh. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's more like Tim Allen. I kind of have like a. <laughs> it's kind of like a deep Beavis Beavis from Beavis and Butthead, right? Like Beavis is like. <laughs> 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 Wow, we're really throwing back the comedy here. Um, What we really need is... I'm Kevin Herrera. And I'm very nice. (laughs) See see what I did there? A really dated impression. Oh, is that what we were doing? (laughs) I thought that was the point. Dated impressions, yeah. Very nice. Anyone still do very nice. Lucy, I've got some explaining to do. (laughs) I'm Ron Erickson II. This is the ARC Podcast. Yeah, it is. Welcome. It is a podcast that is an uh, outreach what outreach of our newsletter called The Ark as well. Sign up on our website, themachine.la. I love it. Yeah. It's a fascinating show, fascinating podcast. It's where we update you on what's happening in the digital space. Uh, the newsletter started out as the new media newsletter, but nobody uses that word anymore. And if you do, I'm sorry. What about millennial? Do people still use that? Yeah. I, I wish they didn't use that. What about influencer? What do you think about influencer? Um, it's fine with me. Influencer is fine with me. Although I've seen people cringe at it, but it's usually in the U. I think for people like us who are kind of behind the scenes, mm-hmm. influencer is good because that's generally what we're marketing them as and using their talents and skills for influencing marketing i mean of course their talent their comedians their magicians their writers their actors their hosts but in general they're in the on the business side they're influencers unless they're actors right Unless they're getting paid to act. But most of the time they're getting paid to promote something, right? Yeah. So in that case, they would be influencers, don't you think? I think so. And I think what we didn't do also earlier is say what this podcast is for so you could jump ship if you don't want to be on it. Um, But this is for people that are in the entertainment field Uh, In any capacity, we'll try our best to keep it at a level that someone who's not in digital entertainment would understand. Uh, If you have any questions at all, please tweet at us at The Machine LA or at our boss, The Machine, actually. Um, He's it. She? She's the one that kind of runs everything. We're just reporting to her. Um, And uh, and yes. If you're not thoroughly confused by now... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You'll be extremely confused. You're about to get. It's so, our third episode. You're who's, about to get so confused. Who's listening? It's a third episode. We'll get no, there. We'll get better. Nobody. Nobody. I'm gonna listen to this though. I will. I'm gonna listen to a it a few on, times. 
Yeah, and I'm going to be like, oh, man, Ron, you sound so bad. Just sitting there angry at yourself? Do you like the sound of your voice? You're really good at talking. No, I don't like Oh, thanks. Do you like Do you like listening to your voice? Because you talk a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't. Um, the first time I watched myself or heard myself recorded, you always like cringe because it's that's how people hear you. You're used to hearing yourself in your head. Right. Vibrating off your cranium. Yeah. This Here's a quick story, though, um, about Kevin and talking. Um, today he became my hero. And the ho- now that we're in the holidays, you know, I, I'm looking for a Santa Claus or a Hanukkah Claus wherever I go. <laughs> Just because I'm really festive. And uh, Kevin brought me a Christmas gift of meeting the rapper Common. We were sitting, we were standing outside of CAA waiting for our car, and Kevin whispers, Hey, that's common. And Ron goes, I, 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 I know. (laughs) He's like, Go up to him and give him your business card. I'm like, Fudge, no. Fudgy. That's exactly. And I was like, Why are you hungry? Fudge? What do you mean? No, No, that's not what he said, but it's okay because we're trying to keep this PG. We'll get better at it. We're all adults here. It's fine. And, uh, yeah, I saw Common, and he was talking to his agent, so we didn't want to interrupt. And when they stopped talking, I went over there and said, hey, Common, what's good? Let me wrap a quick 16 your way. And then I introduced him to Ron. Wow. It was great. I, I, that's probably the greatest gift anyone's ever given to <laughs> he me. He was a really nice guy. He was really cool. He was, he was super nice. Present. He was nice. And, you know, I've been, I've been working around celebrities for almost a decade now, but mm-hmm. there's some like common especially in the hip-hop world i just get so giddy yeah and it's it's a challenge i also don't want to be that guy but you have no problem being that guy so i don't know i saw rick fox at the beverly connection and i or what is it whatever it's called and went up and talked to him i just i have no shame i don't if there's some way that i could be helpful to these people i'm totally down and that's that's all it's about i've i've found personally through this industry that if you can operate from being helpful because everyone just needs to be lifted up see what i'm saying guys he's like a real santa claus or a hanukkah claus yeah with all the hamburgers i've been eating i'm definitely santa claus right now um Uh, i've never seen someone consume so many hamburgers ham burglar um but that i mean it brings up an interesting point for your seat we're seeing common and you and i are like wow superstar because we're such big fans I'm not that way with influencers and it might just be my age, right? Like I don't, there's, I don't think there's been an influencer I've met that I've been like that, like for clumped or whatever you say, like just like I can't talk. Um, but it's not because they're any less impactful than the people that we grew up being fans of. Sometimes they have more of a following and they're even bigger stars than the people that we look at as stars. So yeah. I wonder does influencer mean the same as star should we just be calling them stars yeah and i think 100 percent. i think that a lot of people in this business i guess traditional business and uh, rep- the business of representation a lot of them don't think of people i guess on youtube or instagram in that way and i don't think that they're necessarily treated or paid by this by the traditional industry in that way as a star even though they're just as pop popular as any yeah traditional celebrity on a television show that you would 
bring out a red carpet for, oh, oh, yeah, hey, what's going on? Oh, you're on The Flash? Amazing. My nieces ran into two of my clients uh, with me when I was out hanging out with them a few weekends back. And after my clients left, my nieces were like, I can't believe I just met them. Oh, my. Like, my world is. And they're young. They're like six and nine. But still, like, to them, my clients were the biggest superstars they've ever met in their entire life. And it made me the coolest uncle. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. But, like, they would see Julia Roberts or something and be like, who, who's that? She's old. Yeah, right? And maybe it's what it's always been like. The next generation of people see the next generation of stars. But for, at least from my perspective of it, it's a different time in a really big way because the medium that these stars are coming out of is not a medium that our last generation was, or at least above us, was using or uses. They don't know. Their stars aren't coming out of the same avenues as the old stars did. Right. Um, that also because they're not doing the same thing. Like the vlogging medium is so different than a television show. Even a re- it, even though it's slightly reality, it's way different than a reality show. Yeah. It's uh, it's something totally different and totally on its own. And that's where the challenge is because people are like, oh, well. Why don't you cross over? Why don't you be an actor? Or I want to put you on a show. Um, I think that sentiment is going away now in the industry. People have realized the difference between the mediums. Mm. Like you can't necessarily put um, a really well-known vlogger in your feature film and expect it to be good. Just that because, or sorry, no. Go ahead. That or expect it just to sell instantaneously. When you put Tom Cruise at the height of maybe still, but when you put Tom Cruise at the height of his career or popularity into a film, he's guaranteed to get box office, guaranteed. And I think the traditional industry made the mistake of seeing an influencer's following and viewership, and equating that to guaranteed eyeballs. The people consuming YouTube overwhelmingly aren't going to the movie theater or downloading off of iTunes when they could be getting it free. It's a delicate process, and it's a mixture of a bunch of different disciplines, I think, in a different marketplace. Absolutely. And people it, people trust uh, Tom Cruise in a different way that they trust someone else. People trust that Tom Cruise is going to deliver a Tom cruise performance in anything that he does as an actor and um you know using like uh someone like jake paul as for example people trust him to bring a jake Pauly experience to uh to their laptop or to their cell phone but you put put him in something else that's not that all of a sudden they're like whoa uh this is weird this is this isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I'm used to. This isn't what I'm used to getting. Um, so I don't want to watch this. Yeah, and but here's and here's where I think the big flaws and the big mistake is. And if you're in the feature film marketplace or you're an executive thinking about using influencers in your property and driving them there, if you live in L.A., think of Carmageddon and what happened during Carmageddon. 
and I promise this is going to make sense. Carmageddon was uh, something that people thought was going to happen when they were shutting down the 405 freeway to do some maintenance on it. And there was everybody every weekend, there's every day there's traffic on the 405, but every weekend it's terrible because people are going up north, people are going south, people are going to the beach. It's just terrible. So they thought they're going to shut it down to two lanes, one lane during the day, all weekend. There's going to be massive pandemonium. It's going to suck. There was a gigantic campaign that was put out by the city to let everybody know about Carmageddon and that this was going to happen and that it was weeks out and that you needed to not drive that day. Nobody took the 405 that day, and if you did, it was because you had to, and it went really, really smooth, and it wasn't a bad thing. That's exactly what a digital star has to do if they're a part of your film, if they're going to drive anybody to go there, or if they're part of your movie or your TV show or whatever. It's just like any campaign that you're running for a movie. The buses had ads on them for Straight Outta Compton three months before that movie came out. And there was ads on Facebook, ads on TV, billboards everywhere. It's the same exact thing. You're not just, they're stars because they command an audience, but you have to point that audience to where the medium is. And so you've got to have those stars. They did it on Camp Dakota. Um, they, I've seen clients of ours do it by changing their audiences from this one person was just a, like a model type, good looking guy who would do funny sketches. And then he turned his channel into being all about filmmaking and serious filmmaking. And it took him a year to transfer his audience to not flame out on him and get angry when he was making films and changing the way, the medium, the type of content that he was making. But he did. And now his audience is like Lil Dicky's audience where they're like, we made it, you did it, we did this together. So if you prepare your audience properly, you, you can get them to move. And some people, I think, have such strong audiences and engagement, they could just do it easy and move people over right away. But typically, it's going to take a second for you to move people over. So Jake Paul's audience wanting, if he's in a movie that's not about being a 22-year-old bro, it's going to take a little bit of work on his behalf or his brand's behalf to get people to see what he's going to be in. If he's in some period drama, he's going to have to do some serious work with his audience. I want to see that. <laughs> I actually want to see that. So do you think that the, uh, I guess, fear, is it fear? The sort of fear in the traditional industry not, that's happening now after the couple, the last three years of kind of getting burned by uh, using influencers, do you think it's unfounded? Is it is it just because they didn't know how to work together with a digital talent? Or do you think it's just... I don't. I don't think it's unfounded. I think it. People got burned a lot. People got burned. I think. I mean, I can't. I'm not citing any specific cases, but that's the sentiment. And what do you think when you're out there in the marketplace too? I feel that's the general sentiment. Like we were sitting down with an agent today who was like, "Influencers, nope. People don't. You know, people don't really care anymore. It's all about traditional talent because they're looking for premium. And like premium and influencer aren't equating to each other." Yeah. I don't, I think over in general, yeah, but I think there are people that make premium content that are influencers. I agree 100%. Um, and I guess they're just, uh, I, I guess it just comes down to if that star happens to want to go in that direction or to build themselves in that way. I think that the easiest way to make the most profit on YouTube is 
just to be in the vlogging world. It's to create volume. Once you have a following, you can create volume uh, really, really easily if you're just a vlogger. You just talk about your day. <clears throat> Maybe every couple of weeks you put up a something fun, like a prank that you did. But I think on the highest level and making money, that's that's where the money is right there. Um, but people who are doing more quality content, it takes time. Um, it takes money. It takes effort. So you're not able to build a library as quickly and your videos aren't necessarily as profitable. Um, those, but those are the people that I think have a desire and the ability to go outside of the platform and move into other avenues um, and kind of expand their brand. But I don't know. Maybe I'm way off. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's interesting how it's all, uh, how it's all changed. It's, it's strange. People making millions now. From brand endorsements? Brand endorsements, yeah, and just even on AdSense. Yeah, Amanda Steele's on a Marc Jacobs billboard on Melrose. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, we drove by that yesterday. Sitting in the very center with the Marc Jacobs watch on and, like, all of these models around her, and she's a model, too. It's like, you're not, there's no difference in that billboard between her and everybody else, except that I know who she is and her name, and I don't know anybody else's name on that billboard besides the name Marc Jacobs. Yeah. Marc Jacobs. Hashtag ad. <laughs> Hashtag ad. Um, gosh, yeah, what you, that's funny. And Ava, my life is Ava. She's the new Fanta girl. Fanta. Fanta. It's fun to say when you say it that way, right? Fanta, Fanta. Fanta. Don't you want a... Fanta. Hashtag ad. <laughs> Man, this is really... <sighs> but back to your point of what you're saying. I know it's, it's Friday, it's late, we're tired from a crazy week. But you're saying that there's... You need to make a library, and if you make the videos for cheap, when you get money coming in from those videos, you're going to have a higher margin. If you make really expensive videos, it takes time to make premium videos. It takes money, and you're not going to get as many views on that because it doesn't play into the algorithm, so you're going to have smaller margins. But those people with smaller margins are actually building a craft, and those people are going to be able to transition into other businesses within entertainment better than the people that are just doing vlog videos. I agree and disagree. I think overwhelmingly you're right, and I've used the word three times in this podcast. I'll never use it again. I think uh, the entire looking from a high level, you're right. But when you look into there's some vloggers that start out as vloggers that are genuinely talented. Every single type of video on YouTube requires, unless it's a live video, requires editing. So they're all editors straight up. Um, if they're writing their videos, they're all writers. But to transfer that talent into the traditional trade it just takes some learning time is that learning time w worth it if you're making millions of dollars just vlogging to a lot of vloggers that we've dealt with no i don't think it is but yeah. i think you need to look at your business and say hey i'm making x doing all this work maybe i could take a little bit of that out pay somebody and train them to do the editing work and that other stuff so that I could spend time doing other things and taking their career serious like The Rock takes his career or like other big superstars take their career. They find something they're really great at, 
They vertically grow as fast as they can. Boom, they get really big, and then they diversify. I think that we're missing diversification a little bit for some of these gigantic stars. Or when they try to diversify, they either try to do too much at the same time or they try to keep it all on their shoulders, and they don't have a team. Yeah, I think that's a big thing that uh, I've seen changing is just that knowledge um, because back in the day, it was just more about you just put a video up and once they got monetization in there, you're like, you just keep making videos, money keeps coming in, and that's kind of all you think about it. You're just like, oh, it's just me here, and I'm just doing this job, and I do it as much as I possibly can. And now the people are so much more savvy. There's so much more money in the bu- in the business of um, being a YouTuber at the moment, um, but there's not that traditional infrastructure um, but people are learning, you know, there's a path as, you know, f- using an actor as an example, you know, once you get yourself in a show and you get some representation and you get some attention on you, pretty soon you're doing feature films, you're signing autographs and all this other stuff. You get a PR person, you get a manager, you get an agent, you get a lawyer. Um, and like you said, you're just, you're building out a team of people. And that, that's just a path that, it's been traveled many, many times. Um, there's not a lot of paths um, on the YouTube side uh, about what to do. Like once you're a massive star, where do you go from there? How do you sustain it? How do you keep yourself, um, you know, happy, <laughs> comfortable, um, relevant? Uh, and you're right. It it you. Eventually, you need to ask for help, and I think that's something that people are becoming a lot more savvy with and open to, but uh, I think people also are very cautious um, because a lot of times, you know, if you're used to doing everything yourself and all of a sudden someone comes in um, into your world, they better know what you're doing. They better know what's going on. Otherwise, you know, it's it's just going to seem awkward, out of place, and you're kinda, you can ruin someone's brand. And I don't know, it's scary to bring people in when you're just used to doing everything on your own. Yeah, yeah, and I see that. But it's, it's an education process. Yeah. The right team around an influencer, around anybody, is going to help them grow. I mean, that, that should be just the barometer of it, I think, at the very base. I mean, if, if an influencer is listening and they're thinking, like, what am I, how am I going to take that next step? How do I know if the next step is right? First, if it feels right because you're working with people, right? And are they good people? But secondarily, it's are the goals that we set going to grow me? And am I seeing growth? And it might not be overnight. It might take time. Yeah. Um and I, I mean, I don't, I think the people that have sort of sustained uh, on YouTube over the course of the last eight years, um, the people that have sustained and remained successful and relevant are people that have de- created a team mm-hmm. behind them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, Smosh is a great example. Oh, man. Yeah. There's, I mean, those guys were the very first. They were, like, before I even was on YouTube, like, 2007 or something like that. Yeah. And even though the 
bands kind of broken up, it's still a huge brand. Yeah, because they sold their brand to a bigger entity and stayed within the brand and kept growing it because they were necessary to it. And now they're still very much necessary. Ian's still there. But they have people from Smosh. That brand of comedy now has gone beyond... It's just like Disney. That dude's been dead for a long time. But his dent in the universe still is there. And Smosh is a brand that ideally, hopefully, and everyone that you know is invested in Smosh by buying them is hopefully feeling the same way, that it's going to be a brand It's going to stick around. Yeah. Just like Nickelodeon was a brand for us. I feel like kids coming up that like that type of comedy it's going to be Smosh for them. Yeah. And Ian and Anthony created that. And then Anthony broke off and he's doing his own thing and totally killing it too. Yeah. And, uh, that dude's funny, man. <laughs> he is. He really is. He's so, like, it's so weird because, yeah, it's just like, that's the thing about being a talent, right? Is like when we hung out with Dax earlier today, you know, Dax is, Dax is just Dax. And like what you see on the camera, you get when you meet him in person. He's the exact same person. But there's some people, I'm sure that Anthony, when you meet him, he's not as like that heightened sense of himself, you know? Yeah. He's like Anthony. But Dax is just Dax. That dude is, you know. He's very chill and handsome. He's a person. He's very handsome. Beautiful man. Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um. Who else? Yeah, Rhett and Link is a great example of that. And currently, I see like uh, Logan Paul being a great, great example. And of that. his brother, Team Ten, f- fantastic businessman. Yeah, the vlog, so, that vlog crew that Jason Nash is a part of with David Dobrik, Liza Koshy, and and all them. Yeah, they're doing fantastic. Yeah, they've diversified into a podcast. They've got merch, all that stuff. I wish I got it. Back then, like understood it. Yeah, just that. I I guess I just I just wish that I was more open to uh, help. Did people come trying to work with you as a team, like a business team that understood? I don't I don't think at the time, timing is everything, and I don't think the industry was mature enough. No, all no, those people that we not. named, we can name drop who their team members are like right. immediately. They right. have right hand people. All of them. At least one right-hand person, but they have entire teams that work around them. It's not discounting the fact that whenever I see Jason and David, they're editing on their, their laptops. Right. Every single time I see them. There's not a time when I haven't seen Jason except for when we produced uh, FML and I, we produced that movie that he wasn't editing constantly. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> that's another, that's a totally different thing but that people don't understand. They work is their that, butts off. Yeah. If you're, if you're, at that level or any level of just producing content weekly, bi-weekly or whatever, it's a lot of work. Like it's draining because you have to perform and it's you all, once you're done performing, then you have to put it all together into something interesting. Logan Paul did a video a day for like a year and a half or something. That dude deserves every subscriber he has. It's, you know, the 10 million or whatever he has. It's probably way bigger now. It's insane. Yeah. That's it's hours of editing, and his videos always have like really strong. You can say as an older person that's older than him that doesn't understand vlog format, you could talk all the smack you want to about it. When you watch his stuff, it's very it, it's tight. He's yeah. just like bam, 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 breathe, punch joke, bam, 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 bam. Like it's just it's it's a rhythm. It's great. Yeah, when you get in the zone with vlogging, you can you kind of start editing as you're talking to people. Mm. 
You're like, you say a word and you have a little conversation and then you're like, and boom. You're like, okay, I know I'm going to cut it right there. That was a great conversation. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, on to the next scene. It's like we were talking with Dax earlier. Yeah. You get like into that world and all of a sudden you're in a rhythm and then you get out of it and you're like, wait a minute, I was in a rhythm. Like this guy was like dictating how we were speaking to each other. Right. <laughs> this is crazy power. That's what it was. He was editing the conversation as he was going. Absolutely. Yeah. He kept, uh, he was like, okay, what's the next scene here in this interview? Yeah. 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 We just did a scene in uh, Dax Flame is doing a documentary. If you don't know him, you should look him up. He's an OG YouTuber. Oh yeah. Just a hilarious, brilliant man. But um, I always feel so lame telling those people that I'm fans of them. <laughs> like when I met Liza Koshi at the streamies, I was like, Hey, what's up? I never met her ever, except for on FML one day when she did a, a little guest star in, in it and I was on set. Um, but I felt like I knew them and I fall into that because they're vloggers and I'm like, right. Oh yeah, I know you're my friend. And they're like, no, I'm just like every fan. This is terrible. <laughs> she put her hand on my shoulder and said, it's cool, man. Forgive yourself. <laughs> was so nice wow. to me. She was so nice to me. Yeah, she's like, it's fine. You're good. You're good. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, I just, I feel like I know you. I don't know yeah. you. You're like, yeah. I'm such a nerd. Yeah. And Jason was just like, oh, shake God, his head. Kevin. David's like, all right, let's go. Kevin. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I'm fangirling right now. <laughs> or is it just fanning? I don't know. What the Fan manning. Fan manning. <laughs> manning? Fan, <laughs> fan manning. Um, L fanning. Oh, hey, hey, yeah, that's a good reference. That's uh, ancient now. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, I think that was a really great podcast that we just did. A general conversation about influencers that was all over the place. Hope you enjoyed it. Email us with any questions at info at themachine.la. Please rate us five stars on iTunes. Give us uh, your honest feedback to our email, though. <laughs> um, like, subscribe, follow, buy our merch. We don't have merch. Um, and uh, hit me up on Twitter at Kevin underscore Herrera. That's uh, three R's. And I don't want to do social media ever again. And you could uh, subscribe to our newsletter, the ARC newsletter, at our website, themachine.la. Shout out to Aaron Latimer, our assistant, for reminding us. <laughs> mm, holler. And uh, happy holidays, and we'll talk next week. You were about to say Thanksgiving. Whoops. I saw it. <laughs> it's like happy, happy thank you. Happy thank you time. Bonsoir. Yes. Goodbye. Farewell. Goodbye. Love the machine.